everyone, and welcome back to the Dog Show Drive with Wayne and Will. I am Wayne Kavanagh. You are Wayne Kavanagh, and I'm Will Alexander. Indeed, you are. Not quite this as week. smooth, but I'm still Will Alexander. So this week, we're going to talk about the differences between Canadian and American Kennel Club judging processes and what that might mean in your ring. Also, a wonderful toller specialty in Ocala, Florida that I attend in, and some great little shows in Springfield, Illinois. All that and more right here on the Dog Show Drive. Well, good morning, young William. We are a bunch of rambling men, aren't we? we Stop are. in. Travel, we just, travel, travel. Absolutely. Glamorous life. We just stopped in to see what condition our condition was in. <laughs> Remember that song? Probably not. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we've been all over the world and back. You have been to, where'd you go this weekend? I was in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, those shows are cool. That building. Yeah, Merle Taylor shows. They're wonderful shows. Um, beautiful site, beautiful fairgrounds. Just yeah, I really liked it. Wide open, lots of light, lots of room. Um, I had the friendliest people. It was so much fun talking to everybody. They're all happy that we were there. Um, I was there to show Irish setters the specialties and the and my beagle with me. And uh, it, it was a it, oh, just a, a nice, nice show. And I rented a house right in Springfield, so it was it? four minutes away. It was it was wonderful. It was, it was a it was a good time. And it was a relaxed atmosphere, and they and they had um, uh, a spot for a silent auction and whatnot for the Aristotle Club, and I I I won something, and I was up there having coffee with people and breakfast, and it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, I, I like I, those shows. Oh yeah, they're wonderful shows. And uh, I was talking to Merle uh, earlier on. He was he was a little upset about his entry. His entry was down this year. Uh, apparently, another show in uh chicago area it was gray's lake changed just or got date change i'm not sure exactly so it bit into their their entry um it was still a good time and there was some really beautiful dogs there it was fun to watch had a good time so although i'll tell you one morning i sent you a picture (laughs) i was the first one in the building i saw that (laughs) yeah (laughs) by a lot yeah, I was there. I could have stood at the door and said, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. <laughs> well, George Ward would have been very proud of you. Very In the handler's defense, a lot of them were working out of their trucks. They just had tables inside. Uh-huh. And they had they pulled their trucks up into a park, which is great. I never see that at fairgrounds where they let you pull your trucks outside the door, set up your X-pens, and then you just come in. And So then that there was defense there. But there was also some, like... Some dogs were in there. Well, you know, the thing, you said such a nice, relaxed atmosphere. I did it two years ago. Same thing, the Irish Setter thing and some breeds. And and it, there is. It's a wonderful laid-back vibe. And that little mezzanine where you have your lunch and little lights that are all around the top of that building, you know, little skylights. It's yeah. such a cool place. Oh, it's a great it's, site. Yeah. And it's always a good turnout for Irish Setters. And that's true. When when those shows, when those shows in, in Illinois... Uh, Northern Illinois ended up on the same dates. It's hurt their entry. And, you know, once again, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, it's probably, I don't know, what's it, three hours away, four hours away? But it's still tough it, because you, you understand one degree of it because AKC is still making their money. It's mm-hmm. just hurting the club. So it's, yep. uh, I don't know. It is. And the, there were dogs that were entered. That heaven forbid they didn't win the first day, so they drove up the road to Gray's yeah. Lake. Yeah, oh, to judges who never to be seen again. <laughs> yeah, and they went up there for judges who they absolutely knew one hundred percent that they were going to win the group or whatever. Yeah, that's the way it goes. I, I, I the first day there was people there, and I thought, oh, and then I, maybe it was a figment of my imagination. Maybe they weren't here. <laughs> Need more ribbons. Need more ribbons. Must drive. Need more ribbons. Oh my gosh! And the drive, like it was a, it was a, it's about a ten-hour drive for me. Yeah. And uh, but it was a nice drive. We had, so we had some nice weather. I had, I had, uh, Jill had flown in Tori Polly from the East Coast, who she has a couple of our Irish setters, and she's a nice young girl, and she just wanted to experience. Like she's chosen the Maritimes, and I guess she has shown America, but she wanted to go to the specialties with us, and so we had a good time. 
Yeah. I used to show yeah. Piper for her mother. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it, Will. I wouldn't want to paint, want to paint it. it. <laughs> um, did I even talk about the um, the Newfoundland conference? Newfoundland. No, conference? we haven't spoken. We did. We didn't. Couldn't do last week because we were both on the road right away. So rambling men. I was home for a day when I left for Florida um, for the Toller National, which is another great topic. But that conference in Canada was just. It was really special. It was just really special uh, for forty six judges to want to fly all the way to Newfoundland uh, for this conference was just really heartwarming. I don't think, I remember CKC, Tracy said, I don't think you get it more than six or eight being such a remote location. But not only did they get good, Bob and Lane Whitney were there. I mean, really, uh, Wendy Paquette was there. Yep. Really highly respected judges. Established judges, were, they were there. They wanted to, and sure. I, the presentations were wonderful. Yours were unbelievable i i so enjoyed yours it was the way you can just pick up and just go off in a different direction and make total sense and it brought everybody back to earth what you were talking about and it made a huge i loved your your root breed some presentation yeah. i loved it that was well received the people were great but all the presentation you were wonderful you had a really good part up there and it was you and me and um who else David Kellen, uh, Wendy Anderson, um, yeah. a, lo a local English center woman. I can't remember her name now. Isn't that awful? Um, and and she was nervous, but she she did a good job. And she, but the best part is she brought some dogs in, and those for being really the only breeder in Newfoundland, English mm -hmm. center breeder. You'd be happy to have those dogs in your Oh, face. you sure would. Yeah. And how about the labs at Mike Woods? Oh, Michael Woods in his lab presentation. Oh. That was amazing. Man. Yep. As good Labrador. as I've <laughs> as good as I've seen. Yeah, Labrador. Labrador uh, yeah. Newfoundland rhymes with understand and Labrador. Uh we've yeah, we learned a lot about the language. And we did, and I got screeched in. You've been screeched before. I did screeched in before, yeah. And it's, uh, of course, he is, you, you, what, what did you say? <laughs> oh, yeah, make me think of it. Of course, he is, you old cock and may your jib pole never drop or something. Indeed, I is, you old cock and may your big jib drawers. Like never that. drop. Yeah, I don't know. May your big jib I don't know what the hell. But but we you say this thing, they make you say. First of all, you have to wear a big yellow fisherman's cap back yeah, like a captain highlighter hat that has yeah, the, yeah. the drain on the back <laughs> and they make and they give you rum and i i think it's rum i think they just scoop out of the sea it's with some freak. algae yeah. <laughs> that's what they call and it. You, you have to take a shot of that and you and i are not shot guys or even drinker guys and bam with the hat and then you say the poem and you're screeched and you get a certificate um it's it's quite the uh it's quite the ritual we learned. We got it. off lucky because they used to make you kiss a cod, a frozen cod, out of the freezer. I just had to kiss a stuffed puffin. Puffin, yeah, because they had apparently something with the frozen cod. We can't do that anymore. But you talk to judges that had been there previously and had to kiss the cod. They're like, that was, <laughs> that was, that was the worst. <laughs> adorable little stuff. This was not a stuffed puffin, not a lot. This was a toy. A I didn't, a didn't go get a puffin and gut it and put stuffing in there and make it. That's different. This is a stuffy toy. And that was sure, just, those are some cute though, aren't they? Those puffins. They are. <laughs> if you're from those are some cute, those are right cute. <laughs> they are right cute. And I had to, of course, go first and where everybody listened. After a while, no one was really paying attention to, to, to but I had to be the first clown and get up there and do it, which was fine. The people were great. How about Patrick Mudge and Walter, huh? Oh, there yeah. Patrick, they, those, great those guys. guys. They, they they run a set of shows in New Brunswick as well. They've a, they've a huge property where they sit, hold these shows, and Patrick and Walter do all the cooking for the judges. It's amazing. I had such a good time, you know. Patrick did such a great job putting this together, and Tracy too from CKC. So this is a combined effort of CKC and the Canadian Dog Dogs Association, and it was two days and seminars from dusk to dawn. When you think about those breed seminars, I had to do mine without, I did a pointer seminar without pointers because there weren't any pointers uh, to be found. But to think that, by the way, those Pekingese, Will, that oh, bitch, David Kellen and Dan were there. Yeah, they were, Man, I learned more about Pekingese that I can't even believe. It was a, a different perspective, an interesting perspective. It was terrific. And, and of course, Michael Woods with the labs was phenomenal. 
Um, and, you know, we had great Shih Tzu's there, too. I mean, it, you wouldn't think that... Well, that one Shih Tzu was on the table. She almost caught... You were you were going to take her home. <laughs> I almost, she was the cutest damn thing. She was flat on the table, looking at us with her chin on the table, but her tail never stopped wagging. And if she it was, did, it slowed down for a second. Then she'd see one of us looking at her, and she'd... <laughs> she was so, so cute. cute. But when you think about it, there were there were dogs from those four breeds that could win anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Those labs that came in with Michael, oh my God, they were unbelievable. You know, and I th- and a, quite a few of them had come down to, to Westminster or their national specialty, I should say, and gone winners dog or won it. Well, the one dog we saw had won the breed at Westminster last year. Yep. And the people local rock around. dog. <laughs> and, and think about how hard it is to get them off the rock throw to a dog show. Yep. Newfoundland is the most eastern point in North America. Um, and it's three hour flight to Toronto just to get going. And those bush pilots, they must be because they fly through this weather that I couldn't even believe through the yeah. fog and didn't bother them at all. But it's a remote place and a gorgeous, just one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see. Uh, highly recommend it. St. John's out on the end. But the the flight miles from, this is how much of a nerd I am, Will. The flight <laughs> miles from St. Louis to St. John's, because I thought that would be cute, right, is 1,974 miles. The distance from St. John's to Shannon Airport in Ireland is 1,943 so we're talking about a 30-mile difference between – so that's how far east you are. You're closer to Ireland than you are St. Louis. It's just – it's so cool. The place is, but the seminar was great, and they did such a great job of organizing it. I know Tracy is fastidious and put us all through some very specific requirements. It worked. Yeah. And well, it was the – Patrick did, pulled it off. He was – I was he, – he, the work Patrick put in, you know, I, he'd been speaking to me throughout the year he was really nervous he was this was his baby you know and and it came off the best i think and the ckc was thrilled yeah because um, there's a lot of in- uncertainty when you're going out that far oh, sure. mm-hmm. and but patrick was i mean they just did a great job and by the way don dealy oh don yeah presentation on the bully breeds yeah that was a good one uh, she was so much fun this trip though too we hung out with her time we had a great time there's a lot of dinners with with Don and Will and Cheryl, my wife Cheryl and I. Uh, she came along, and uh, yeah, it was just it was phenomenal. Um, I, I really, really had a good time and learned a whole lot about um, about oh the Rooms Museum, one of the best museums I've been to in a long time, the Native Museum there in St. John's. So altogether, it was a great trip, educational for sure. Met some people that I will long admire and. And met some new friends uh, forever. It was just terrific. So, yeah, you have to go back and just hang out for a week or so. so. Yeah, yeah, that's off. They were awesome. Oh, definitely, I'd love to do that. Maybe when it's less foggy. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's ever less foggy. <laughs> and they have this. This is another country that has the same language as us, but you can't necessarily understand all of it. If you're talking, oh, to they get going talking too fast. You don't know what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dem dares a dares do does, but good stuff. And anyway, tree tree telephone number tree tree tree. Yeah, and for the for the cab, they just had pictures of trees instead of saying three. Yeah, yeah. so it was they like six had, seven seven, tree 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 tree. Yeah. <laughs> Little pine trees. That's how they had it on the cab. Um, the uh, I got home uh, as you did. Um, I think we got home the same day and I unpacked and packed and left for Florida to the Tolver National. And I have to say that it was an exhausting thing to do, uh, changing time zones and, and trying to just get your head around what you just learned and then taken off again. And I really was crabby about, man, I don't feel like going down there and doing this. Well, I know uh, the last day you were talking about it in Newfoundland. Oh, now I've got to go do this. Oh, why did I? Why did I? Why am I? Why am I? Oh, oh, oh. I had the best time down there. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Uh, Deb Gibbs, man, I can't say enough about her. She did an amazing job 
as the judge's education coordinator. She was terrific. Um, Adam King was on safari, so he wasn't there, but he hooked me up with all, he said, these are the people you need to meet and talk to Christine Jones and, uh, from Canada. And it was phenomenal. Uh, her presentation, her, so I went for the seminars and to observe and oh, Christine whatever. did the presentation. No, uh, Deb Gibbs did. Um, uh, but Christine was, I went and found her, you know, Adam said, go find her. And we had a wonderful little sidebar, um, and got to see some great dogs. It seemed to me that almost everyone that my eye went to was somehow went back to Deb Gibbs' dog. Uh, she seems to have really gotten this shape down. Boy, it's an incredible breed. I didn't really think much of them quite truthfully until I met them. And, well, and they've come so far. I remember when I was a kid and uh, we'd see them, they, they were, I don't want to say an afterthought, but they were, were not something that you were going to think were going to place in the group at that point. Right. Now they're a threat every group they walk in some really good ones and uh, super temperaments and just fun to watch. This was at the Ocala Dog Show Club Grounds, which is a Canine Chronicle sponsored place with a hard top. It's where we had the Beagle National that he judged, I believe. Okay. Pretty I sure. There. Oh. Uh, you didn't miss anything, but <laughs> we love you, Eddie. But, <laughs> but I was uh, sure I missed it, Ed. <laughs> yes, really, it was great to watch that judge. We had a good time, but it was a the grounds are beautiful and the weather was perfect, perfect, which makes things really nice. And um, it was just a fun weekend. And I did ringside mentoring. Well, I received ringside mentoring uh, both days from really good people. Terry, the president of the club, was great. Everybody was, and the dogs were beautiful. And I really did learn a lot. In the seminar, yes, I learned um, sidebars. Hey, come on, tell me the truth about this. The stuff you can't say, the stuff the AKC won't let you say at your seminar, I have a question about that. And that's where you learn stuff. Um, a lot of interesting genetic information when it comes to that breed. And of course, me, I got to learn about their root breeds. And in that case, a lot of it's just, they just don't have the information, the history. So I did my anatomical approach to history. I'm like, why would they have black? Some of them uh, have black around the edges of their ears. I know a breed that has that, Quakers. Um, They toll also. So you just start to ask these questions and you go, hmm, why why are some real long in the rear pasture and thin bones? Um, Where's that coming from? And then you just put your, and they say beagles are in there. Um, I can see that in some of their temperament, oh, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe cool even stuff. The, maybe even the trailing hound, the tolling action of their tail, you know. Right, which is so important. Yeah. When you when you see that shape, I gotta tell you, well, just like every seminar, there's always a few people that just ask the stupidest questions. <laughs> you almost want to say, you know what? You're wonderful. You're wonderful. I'm sure you're gonna be a fine judge someday. But you should probably leave now because you're never going to get this breed ever. You're never, ever going to get it if you're asking those questions. But, you know, they stay long enough. They get their three points. So no check mark. Check, check. But it really is a um, I, it's it's near impossible to go to all the nationals. You know, I happen to have some time and money to do it. But if you're expected to go to the nationals on all the breeds you judge, it's going to cost you a fortune. I had to fly from Florida to Detroit to uh, Kalamazoo, uh, there and back, obviously. I had to rent a car when I got there because I was all over the place. And I had to have a hotel room, which is in beautiful three nights in the Hilton where the base, the you know headquarter hotel was. Um, and I had to eat. You know, uh, it's expensive. Uh, well worth it as far as the education goes. I learned a lot. But to expect everybody to do that's a, you know, it's a different story. Different story. So, yeah. Live and learn. Live and learn. But you didn't have to do that down here, did you, Will? I knew where this was going. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. (laughs) It's all yours, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Well... There's been a lot of discussion, and I think this is the perfect team to talk about it. There he is over there, um, because Will is one. 
there's been since the rule change in early in the beginning of, of 2023 we have uh canadian judges have foreign six judges. or uh, visiting judges they call them not foreign because you're not a foreigner will you're my buddy and my neighbor across the world phone that said will america <laughs> <laughs> so visiting judges and that is could be from any country it seems to be the focus right now is on canadian judges uh primarily because you can be here in a half hour uh so you know if you're going to windsor and you're going across the board in sarnia and port Huron and all those places um hamburg and wherever you have out you know it's just not that far it's, you could go to a show on saturday in canada and a show on sunday in america without any problem whatsoever I've done that. I've done yeah that. i'm sure people have so um that's probably why it's the focus and we're getting a whole lot of Canadians on the panels down here now. The rule change went from eight shows a year to 16. Yeah, days. Not so much shows, days. Days, right. Yeah. So you can be down there quite, you can be here quite often. In addition to that, um, unlimited specialties, right? Yeah. yeah. So you can do as many specialties down here as you'd like. Um, also the rule, and this is an interesting part because no one's talking about this. I just happened to reread the rule about a hundred times last night. If you've been here, if you've done that for five years, if you've judged here six times in five years, you can apply to be an AKC judge. Um, so you don't have to go through all the hoops. But, even but, but are they still going to make you go back and start again if you apply to be an AKC judge after five or six years? It didn't sound like it to me, but we need to get clarification from the office, but didn't sound like it to me at all. Um, you did have to apply and, you know, go through a process of some sort, or is it a process? I guess it's a process. So if you're a Canadian, process, here, geez, process, geez. <laughs> when, you, when you come down here, do you have to go through the AKC process? And if I, and I, if I go up there, do I take the, the Canadian process? I'm not sure, but our long nose, very confusing. Yeah. Newfoundland, understand. Labrador. Labrador. <laughs> anyway, so it, what's happened is people, American judges are complaining that, hey, we had a fly to o Ocala uh, for four, three grand to take a, a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever seminar, uh, and Will didn't. We have to get 10 points, 1,000 points of light, whatever it is in every breed. Uh, and then we have to get observed three times. But I believe you have to get observed, too, when you come down um we have to take breed tests you have to take breed tests. but it's just a hockey player that observes us they just stand there at the corner <laughs> and hockey stick and go what's that boy doing out there <laughs> and all that so uh, there are american judges that are hostile uh or at least tense saying hey they're taking our jobs you know um and they don't have to do all the things we do i get that uh i'm one of them i don't i don't love that the process allows uh, judges that come down here and not do what we do because they live a half hour away. But it has nothing to do with the quality of judging. And I can't stress that enough. No, at least the people I'm talking, at least well, it's me. an individual comparison, really, because it's yes. we, have, we have good judges everywhere. We have not so good judges everywhere. Somewhere we have, as I learned there. up there, you have great dogs up there and great judges, and you have bad dogs and bad judges. We happen to have great dogs and great judges and really bad dogs and really bad judges too. The scale is the difference, right? right. Um, you've, there's only 200 and some uh, members of the Canadian Dog Judges Association and one half of them, slightly more than half, 51%, are all breed judges. So that's the tension. You know how many? We have 3,184 judges at AKC, seven all-arounders yeah. so there's a difference there so what happens now that we have 10 billion shows down here we need judges we need judges that have more than one two three four groups where do you go for that there's 118 of them in canada yeah. at least 118 those are just the cdj uh members so yeah it's a it's what clubs do whose fault is that it's the judges faults no is the CKC's fault? Absolutely not. Is the AKC's fault? Hmm. Well, the only reason it could be, it's not, but 
The only reason it could be is because the systems that we have are unique to our countries because of the population and density of our countries. You need 50% of your judges to be all breed judges. Oh, there's no question. You know, but you'd never have a dog show, right? Couldn't afford it because our dog shows on average three to 500 dogs, you know? Exactly. And you remember then, our population, you, Texas has more people and there's more population in Texas than there is in Canada. Like yeah, and the difference between that is people <clears throat> scattered all over Texas. In Canada, they live along the border, right, uh, and the coasts. So you know, it's it's a it's a concentrated population as well, and it's, it's a, a barren tundra wasteland north of that. <laughs> Very good one too. We're great, and there's some great judges that have come from there. Wendy Piquet being one of them, right, and the prairies. But she's from know, the, she's from northern Ontario. Wendy Piquet. Oh, I thought she was way up. No, no, Northern Ontario. She's in Sudbridge. It's way up there. <laughs> no, no, it's not that far. <laughs> but I thought she was out in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, uh, so we've get, we've got this these systems, two systems collide. So whose fault is it? In my opinion, it's the clubs who hire the judges. If they look and say, boy, we can get this Canadian to do all of our groups and spread them everywhere over the weekend, why wouldn't we hire them? Probably because you haven't done your research into finding what their reputations are, what their background is, and what their education is. That's not their fault for accepting. No. It's your fault for inviting them. And well, that can be said in America as well. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. Same exact thing is true in America. We've got multi-group judges here who get hired a lot that may not be very good. They've just ticked a lot of boxes and are real good at traveling around going to get the CEUs. So... It, one thing's for certain, if the AKC's rigorous system of all these CUs and perfect forms and you can't cross the T the wrong way or you, you know, whatever it is, all these tedious things, if you don't have an eye for a dog, none of that means a damn thing, Will. Exactly. None of it. If you're in, Can if you're in Canada, Canada. As, as Peter likes to call it, right? If you're in Canada. Uh, and you don't have an eye for a dog, and you get an all-breed ticket. Doesn't matter if you passed your hurdles as low as they may be compared to ours. It doesn't matter. And my best example of that is England. Twenty, it's twenty-six or eight all-breed championship shows. That's that how many number of times you get to get a C in an CC in an all-breed show. And for those who don't know, you need CCs are like. You hate CCs aren't like majors. You can get a major by beating three dogs. CCs are higher clout for sure, but you need them to become a champion, right? CCs, so, you beat champions to get your CCs. Big difference and hundreds of them. So when you only have a limited number of shows like England does, you're going to get giant breed entries in every breed. Every breed is going to have 100 of them, 300 of them, 50 of them, 75 of them, uh, 20, whatever it is. We'll never get except for a handful of shows. Every championship show over there is going to draw big because it's all you got, right? right? So they don't need all they don't need multi-group judges. They have enough breed entries where they can get breed specialists. So you're you're you just don't need you need more all breed judges. We need more multi-group judges. They need more breed specialists. If we had bigger breed entries, we wouldn't need the system we have. We have a system, we have the tail wagging the dog. The tail is the number of shows we have. So the rules have to be created to please the dog. <laughs> That's our judging approval system based on the number of entries we have. Wow. So it's it's the chicken and the egg, or is it the is it or is the horse in the wagon? What, what comes first? The Irish setter or the cow, I don't know, whatever it is, <laughs> we uh, it's determined by things that we can control, but choose not to. So we're stuck with what we have. Now, are there English judges that you would kill to have, well, not kill, that you would be very eager to have come over here and judge your show? Of course. Are the Canadian judges that you love? Michael Woods can come judge for me any day, as could Jim Reynolds and, and Wendy Big. And I'm missing a thousand of them, right? Bob and Elaine. So there's so many people. Um, 
but there are bad ones too. And yes, they accelerate. The other thing that um, becomes a tension for AKC judges is you can be an Aubrey judge in 12 to 15 years. And it might take us that long to get one group. So that's another conflict. Again, is that Canadian judge's fault? No. CKC's fault? No. They have a system that suits their number of shows and geography. But you have to know when you're hiring people. And that's no. what it comes down to. It comes down to education. I tell people, when people come to me and complain about certain judges over and over again, I said, you need to do your homework. No. Don't go. Don't go. No. You know, oh, we have to go. It's the only show in town. So there is that aspect. But you need to do your head. I'll, uh, I've gone to shows where I've missed the middle day. Yeah. The way it yeah. Goes. Or you go in there knowing you might not have a great chance, but you win anyway. So right. you, know, you can't play it that way either. But to complain about it, I get it. You know, judge comes down here from Canada who may be a specialist in toys, but has their own, but happens to have all the groups. They put them in the sporting group ring and they completely bomb. And everyone says every Canadian judge stinks. Uh, and that's unfair. But it's also really unfair at the club hired those, those people, right? It all comes down to research and education. You know, it really does. The systems are not rigged by those putting them together necessarily they're created to fulfill the need and the need is based on the number of breed entries and the number of breed entries is based on the number of dog shows that simple will it's that simple well we have some canadian judges in some remote areas that probably haven't judged a breed of a bigger entry than 10 yeah no, and like, how are they expected? Like that, but it, it comes back to you get out of it what you put into it. If you're that serious about judging tollers, well, you need to go talk to toller people and go to nationals or regionals, and and it, it may it may not be a mandate for us up here, but I think it's important that if you are taking your job seriously as a dog show judge, that this is what you do, especially if you come from a group that is so far different from say a toller group the sporting group you need to educate yourself you're willing to to take that test which is once you're at that point if you've had three or four tests test taking is we figured out is is relatively easy you know it's um not easy but oh it's easy it's an open book test great like we like we talked about before, about giving a, a book of standards to a, a young man or a young woman in Tim Hortons, and they're going to pass without seeing a dog. And in some regards, that happens in certain breeds up here. You pass a test without ever seeing a Spinoni, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. If you do judge down here, and it's a breed that is not recognized by the CKC, you have to pay $35, of course, and take the test in a, at the AKC test, right? Right. Yeah. Like when you come down, that happened to you, right? There was a breed that you Yeah, didn't... but I didn't have to do it because it's, it's, it's a certain percentage that if they have people on the panel that can judge those breeds the day I, I was doing the group, I'm approved to judge that group, but not that breed. So... It must be nice, Will. And this, <laughs> this is why he said just get pissed off. I mean, upset because of the... now with that said, wouldn't you want to have Will judge your show? Compared to some Americans that went through all the hoops and tests and and were overachievers and got 17 points in their 10-point breeds, but still couldn't find a dog that bit him in the ankle. <laughs> ankle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's so in, undefinable. And uh, it's a topic that's going to live on forever. It has accelerated greatly since the change from 8 to 16. Why do you think they did that, Will? Because they needed the judges. Exactly. They needed the judges. Exactly. We don't have enough multi-group judges for the clubs to stay alive and make money. You know, my ruthless <laughs> feeling about that is you can't afford to put on a dog show with good judges. Don't have a dog show. You know, it's okay. We don't have dinosaurs anymore. They're extinct. I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, because otherwise, going out would be really difficult. That'll make it difficult. You can't go out today. The raptors are out there. <laughs> That's right. Be careful of the raptors. But um, 
And maybe there's some dog clubs and they would hate me saying this. They do hate me saying this. But if you can't cut it, if you have to hire an Aubrey judge from Canada to do your show, your whole show. Yeah. Well, if your numbers are, are, are so insignificant that you need to have multi-group judges to put on a dog show. I don't know. It's, it's well, a, I do know. Here, we have to. There's no question. It's just Don't have a show. In you have no choice. We have a choice here. Springfield and Gray's Lakes has shows the same day when you were down there, right? So you split the entry. So make the distance farther apart. Well, it, it happens <clears> up here too, and it, not to the same degree, but we have some shows that are on the same weekend within four or five hours. And then right. if one show dies a natural death because they can't survive, they get propped up. I hate that when they get propped up because the moment they sign the death certificate on that show, the show opposite grows stronger. And I think the competition grows stronger. The depth becomes better. You're not watered down as much because we all have to go there now instead of, oh, let's go here because Wayne's judging here and Will's over here. I don't want to show to him, so I'm going to show to him. But if Will was the only game in town, I was going to get an, I'm going to get an entry. You know? Yeah, it's absolutely true, Will. And it proves the, it proves the process, right? Um, is it new that you have shows closer together now? Or is it no, just... we've always had them. They're not, they're not so like um we've we've always had two circuits in the summer against each other, uh Sarnia and Peterborough circuit. And at one point Peterborough just couldn't hold itself up. And Sarnia, what Sarnia was at one point was an 800 dog dog show. That's yeah. because it was right across the border. So we had a huge American entry and it was a fun show to go to. I think a show popped up in America on that side that weekend, so it cut our entry, and Sarnia started to dwindle, but then Peterborough did as well, but then Peterborough was propped up, and Sarnia was strong for a little bit, then it went back down to being two mediocre 200-dog dog shows, 300-dog dog shows. We're never going to learn our lesson, are we? Um, you want dates? We got dates. They're not going to be far off from the other show. We got dates. You can have another 10 shows. But to do that, we're going to need a whole lot more judges. And, and then the it, parent club still makes the money they want to make. So it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It can take, a, it, it takes a lifetime to become a multi-group judge here. Um, by the way, can you name our seven, I think it's seven, Aubrey judges? Uh, Charlie Olvis. And Liz. Hmm? Charlie Liz. And Liz. Mm -hmm. They're both Aubrey. Um, is Dana Aubrey? Um, I'm trying to think of some of retired, so you can't count them. No, you can't. We have two that are inactive. Well, there's two that are inactive. Paul Hartinger is one of them, yeah. Yeah. John Cole. Oh, okay, yeah. I can see John Cole. And Miss Elkham. Who? I'm sure. Yeah. Trotter. Yeah, for sure. So, um, did I say Steve Keating? Yes. So it's Steve is all breed. Mm -hmm. Steve Keating is all breed. Yeah. There's plenty like Kim Meredith. It's this close. Yeah. And they hold out on these things because they don't want to. There's somebody else they don't want to give all breed tickets to, so no one gets them. <laughs> I don't think Kim could go through terriers and and figure it out. Yeah. On the other hand. We've got 3,184 judges, and I would love to know how many of them judge. I'll bet if you don't have at least three groups, I would venture to guess, this is a wild guess, sure. that judges that have three groups do 80% of the judging. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. That's what, what's going to be used. They need them. We just don't have the entries anymore. Support breed specialists, or people would just come in and do half a dozen breeds. Um, the only time you see that is when they're provisionals, and they're looking. And you can, you know, that's the thing about clubs. They also like provisionals because they just charge per dog and they'll pay our expenses or whatever, and you know, I save a couple of bucks there. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's a really the clubs that do. Tim Catterson's really good at doing that, and uh, as a result, he gets a real good panel of provisionals. But he picks good provisionals, Will. 
um, and he's able to put a big panel together, lots of judges for a you know average sized dog show. That gives you diversity of opinions. It's a learning experience. You get to see who's good at this and who's not. Um, we need more clubs to hire provisionals, uh, and otherwise you're never going to get them there. Because you have to have, I think, three assignments in each breed before you can apply for regular status in those breeds. And all this comes down to this, Will. There's 200 breeds. No one, including Ann Clark, ever thought she was an expert in all the breeds. Exactly. would tell you so. Um, no one. But you need them anyway to fill our current system of dog shows. They do not need that in England because they have far fewer shows with far bigger entries. They also have a different geography size, right? Right. Everyone in England will have a, that big of a problem. Uh, but if you're stuck in Oklahoma, or not stuck, if you are, if you live in Nebraska, Oklahoma, somewhere, Wyoming, where the population isn't much, you do have to drive farther shows. That's a result of your population. And you can't pull And up. if you hunt it over there, nothing is really that far away. Other countries are not that far away if you want to go show somewhere. So it's true. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. I remember uh, a friend of mine drove to Hungary from Ireland uh, to get a puppy and said, Oh yeah, we went through six countries in one day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a different a different deal for sure. And you do get a lot of European dogs now with the passport, the pet passport, going to shows like Crofts and things. But yeah, it's a different world. I don't think the debate's going to go away. No. And no. and by the way, Mexico isn't too far either uh, for that's that part of the United States. And you get a lot of judges from Latin America and Mexico coming as well. Um, I don't know their qualifications process system. I think they I have don't to be know that either. We should probably, maybe we should delve into that and find yeah. out. It may but, I'm sure it varies from kennel club to kennel club. But. but the good part, I happen to be a fan of visiting judges for several reasons. One, you get a different perspective on how they see that breed, and the breed may be different in their country. Two, a diversity of opinions is a good thing for judging panels, but more important for breeds, because you're giving that those different opinions. And three, they don't necessarily read the magazines, Will. They don't give a hoot. The Canadians and Mexicans probably do. But you get someone from Finland, you think they give one crap about whether somebody's number one or number two or has a lot of ads? They don't. And that's when the big fish drown, right? And people are like, can you believe they didn't, they beat the most number one doobie da in the world in the breed? Yeah, I can, because he never was any good. And there was a real good breed representative in there. And that guy breeds those in Switzerland really, you know, he's got great ones over there. So we need that. We need that. It's a matter of how much and when and who. Exactly. It's a matter of who. And I've seen panels where I look at them and go, they all, this, these eight judges, May have obviously ticked all the boxes. And I wouldn't necessarily myself bring any dog to any of them for opinion on evaluating my breeding stock. I might go for a ribbon, but I wouldn't go for an opinion on evaluating my breeding. And I guess it's come to that. We, in America and in Canada, uh, because of the numbers, you go to get ribbons more often than you go to get a opinion on how you should breed your dogs. It's a big difference. And so true. And, and it, it's hard for some handlers or exhibitors in smaller areas to put things in perspective. But it's hard for them to, to go from winning the group every day to going into a bigger show, say, anywhere in Canada or America and not being able to win the breed. It's really hard on them. But it, but it also opens up their eyes and they learn from that as well. Like I, I know that I had this conversation with a friend of mine not, not too long ago. Whereas a youngster, he showed dogs for his parents and his parents bred some really good dogs and he was winning all the time. Well, now he's on his own. He's starting up his breeding program again. And the judge part of him knows, well, I wouldn't have put my dog in that cut either. But the kid part of him, his ego is like, I always won. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> so he's got to keep the, he, it's a new perspective for him. And when we talked rationally about it, he understood completely but there was this little kid inside him that wanted to stamp his feet because he wasn't winning because <laughs> he always won before. Well, mm -hmm. 
in Canada, when we were up in Newfoundland, uh, there was talk, and I didn't really ever get a clarification. They kept talking about two kinds of judges and two kinds of of uh, processes. I didn't know we don't have that division here, but they were talking about handler judges. And oh, breeders. yeah, yeah. How you would apply? How you would you apply from the breeders' end of it, where you had to have breed for so many years and produce so many champions? But then we have the the other aspect of the handlers that some of them didn't breed at all, but they showed dogs for sixty years, like a Harold Butler. Um, how how do they accept them? Yeah, we don't make that differentiation. Uh, so you have to. That's what you got. You got to. You have to play within the system. You're. Well, I you're, think we decide. We we had a little group chat about that, and 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 we thought the breeding was very important because there's a lot of handlers that are involved in their clients' breeding programs. You just might not be on paper, so you had to. That's a gray area to figure it out. Um, because there's some, let's face it, look, I don't, I remember yeah, there's some, I'm, I can't think of them right now, but I guess, cause Gene and Bob, they bred dogs as well. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, and they ran the breeding programs for Clark did. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. So the programs they ran for the, for the, the breeders, they had the clients, did their names go on those dogs? I don't know. Like I, I know when, when George was running the Airedale kennels and whatnot, and he did all the breedings. But it wasn't George Ward bred, you know. We had, and it wasn't like we just called uh, Bob and Jane called the shots or the feral smooths, famous smooths. We had them there. We did the breeding. We whelped the puppies. We raised them. We trained them. Yeah. It's not like they just said, yeah, breed that to that. They were really involved, like feet, you know, four feet. Yeah. All feet's on the ground involved. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you look now so many handlers are involved in breeding their own dogs now it's yeah. because they they they're not enough breeders sometimes now that they, they breed dogs that breed well enough they want to they want to be competitive so they end up breeding their own breed so they stay competitive i mentioned this before but the danger is handlers that have never bred dogs i'll make it a question do they put too much emphasis on the show dog part, the grooming and training and trimming part. No question, uh, they do. They have to. They have to. Until uh, they read us, until they reach a certain age. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, I agree with you, Will. Yeah. yeah until they go, I oh, think, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I my think, dog stands there four square, but it doesn't look like a yeah. Milton hound dog. You know? We've got to start breeding some Milton hound dogs. Milton hound dogs? Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Uh, we found them in another country and imported them. We discovered them in Lithuania. And their root breeds, we could, you know, root, root breed could be the neighbor's dog across the road, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Root. <laughs> 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 and name it something that sounds foreign. I love it. Yeah, it can happen. But, you know, if... So their handlers have a, a good eye for a show dog. You're right. Right. And there are handlers that have a good eye for a dog. And there is a difference. No question. Um, so do those handlers look for show dogs, not good breed representatives? Because why wouldn't they? They won with those for 50 and years. They're, and then they're, they're so talented now in grooming them and training them that they can almost make whatever they want to make. Yep. And I, like I've had this conversation with the younger handlers. and They brought dogs to me and say, what do you think of this dog? I could, Well, I'd say, what about this? Well, I can change that. Well, what about this? Well, I can trim this and i said why not start off with a nice canvas and yeah. then do your art you know then it's then it's icing on the cake because they want to win ribbons and be number one then they they just see it being they see it happening i think they can they can do it so are there handlers that never bred dogs that are hyper focused on performance and flash and show dogs that eventually by being at shows and talking to judges, figure it out. Of course there are. Of course there are. Course those there first are. years, those first years can be iffy. And speaking of English judges, here's the theory. Because they are more breed specialists, do they hyper-focus on the features of type and pieces and not judge the whole dog and give more, or forgive more in soundness? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question because you do find like uh, we all realize that we have two minutes to judge these dogs, and sometimes the total package might outdo a dog that has an exceptional headpiece because 
a performance because of mm-hmm. whatever. And then we, we like to say it doesn't come into play, but when you're out there and you have two minutes of dog, walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. But I find you do find some foreign judges that delve deeper and, and will maybe judge longer and get themselves in trouble, that aspect of it, timing-wise, and they'll come up with something. And are they wrong? Because you're you're we're we're abiding by our rules of two minutes a dog or whatever it is in each country. Whereas sometimes I so and so from Slovenia is still judging. We can't do the group because he still won't because he's he's maybe being more thorough than we are and not caring about the time restraints. Yeah, I had someone a really a, a person I'm really enjoying talking about. Sometimes they're just lost and they wander around, and take up too much time. But That's true. Too. There's two. I had a great conversation with a woman who I really enjoy talking dogs with, and uh, where she said the three phases of judging article that I wrote a while ago. Um, she and her and maybe it's the way I wrote it, but she thought and understandably that I meant when you finish this phase, you got into this phase. And then when you finish this phase, you got, and it's the whole dog, the type and the eye for a dog thing. And, and that was it. And I thought about it. I said, I didn't intend, I, maybe I wrote that. I did not intend it that way because I myself, honest admissions can tell you and any good dog judge who's vulnerable and honest will tell you. I've had days where I overdid the whole dog thing. And I've had days where I overdid the type thing. You know, you, you, you forgive more in type some days and you're you're more into damn it. I'm so sick of these dogs not being able to move properly. That maybe subconsciously, not consciously, you shift towards you know what? I know that's an ugly head and it needs better type here and better type features here and there. But man, he just went around the ring real well, and that's going to do it today because all the good ones were crippled, right? Or I'm so tired of these generic dogs. There's one that can't walk at all. But man, that head and tail is going to do it for me. Do we subconsciously swing that way? Yeah, I believe we do. Honestly said. So it's not a fixed thing. You can even do it within a day. You can even do it within in a specialty. You can certainly do it if you have enough to do it from. All your earlier classes have bad fronts. That's it for fronts for the rest of the day. You're not going to bring those up. Trend and you're getting angry yeah. about it. So right as a breeder, you're going to do that, right? But let's hope we don't do it often. And when we do, it's not a big deal. But to be honest, any good judge will tell you on the way home, they went, man, I should have switched that third and fourth. Every judge will do that. Any good judge will do that. We're not perfect, except, you know. They'll learn. They'll learn. It's a show, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, young William. Uh, I've got places to go. You see what I was wearing? I did. Seattle Metropolitan's otherwise known as the Kraken now. The Kraken now. Back in 1915, they were the Seattle Metropolitans. That's right. We had to get some hockey in, folks. Tis the season. Connor Bernard Bernard is absolutely amazing to watch skater. Yeah, they're triple teaming him and making it difficult for the poor kid running in the boards when they can. But man, that kid has Marchan finally outweighs somebody, so he drills him into the horse. <laughs> <laughs> True. But man, he can skate and he can shoot and he knows where to be. He's just so much fun to watch. Um, it's so exciting when we get players like that to come on the scene. And um, and you know, with any luck, he won't do the Austin Matthew things where he takes a couple of years off and then comes back and plays. And he'll be he'll skate more like it talking about <laughs> 40 goals a year is nothing to sneeze at <laughs> just have three hat tricks and row or something off the matthews or something. In a row, man. Yeah, but connor bernard he, he did that he i gotta say this story he's such a good canadian boy that 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 there he was signing autographs and this kid walked up to him with a with a montreal canadians jersey he said oh i can't sign a half jersey <laughs> <laughs> it's great Good man, good man. <laughs> of course, Austin Matthews being a good, you know, American from Phoenix. Um, that's why he's so talented too. The judges across the border, the players across the border. Hey, if I move to Canada, what happens to me? Can I get an Aubrey ticket in 10 years? Uh, you have to become a, I guess you'd have to apply in Canada and become a Canadian citizen. Well, aren't you already an Irish citizen? Yeah. Why don't you go to Ireland and get your ticket? Yeah, maybe I should do that. Well, when I'm over there, they let me judge 
whatever the hell I want. There you go. See? So, yeah. Tree, 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 tree. Tree, tree, tree. <laughs> You'll be turned. <laughs> You'll be turdy turdy. <laughs> turdy turd. That's right. Uh, these Dems dares are some good dogs there, William. Uh, well, wasn't it interesting with Michael? Because you, when you meet Michael Woods at like New York last year, you get a sense of his accent, just a touch. But when he's on the island, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, it comes alive, doesn't yep. it? Boy, what it, that was my discovery of the weekend, I think. I knew all the other ones were as good as they were or as smart as they were. But boy, Michael really, um, he really made an impression on me. What a oh, good guy. Yeah. His, I, his Labrador presentation, I just. Labrador. Labrador. Yeah. It was he, fabulous. And the best part was he was passionate about where this breed came from. Right. It was not England, damn it. It was from Labrador. From Newfoundland. And Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah. Newfoundland. So. By the way, you know, Newfoundland was a uh, country until 1949. I know you're all dying to know that before it became a province in Canada. It was its own country. Did you know that? No. I'm serious. Really? Yeah, I'm serious, yeah. How come, how come Wendy didn't do that one, talk about that when she gave the history of Newfoundland to us? Before she she in. No, she she did mention it. She did mention it. Yeah, and then it was a, it was something to do with um, you know a, a British something too, but we don't Brits, but um, you know they hold it for a while as a, as a something, but uh, yeah, it was a country and then a, it had three lives as a British something and a country and uh, they had their own little Brexit in 1949. Huh. Uh, decided I'm to join you guys. Not yeah. aware of that, Wayne. I see that. Well, I could pass the citizenship test in Canada, maybe. But um, do you know where Kalamazoo is? Well, that's the I big test. Well, I drove you... right by it this week. <laughs> I even said to my, my my traveling companion, Tori, that's where Wayne and Cheryl live. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was in Ocala. They were gone. Uh, hey, Steve, Steve, just one quick thing on a great guy. Steve Herman, not involved on tollers happens to live by this is a multi-group judge who judges everywhere and he's real good at it. he's a lovely guy he's just a great friend i really I, I love being where he is you know we have a good time together he was stewarding for the toller club he just called them and said hey i don't live far you guys need a hand i mean how cool is that right yeah. it was great we need to be that passionate about the sport to do stuff like that if I called the club and said that, well, come and park the cars then, Will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Put this orange vest on, get out there in the cold. <laughs> I called one and they said, no, we really don't want you anywhere near the building. So <laughs> he caused too much stir. Anyway, <laughs> hey, you had some, you did some, uh, uh, what do they call them, Will? The selfies. Oh, yeah. When I was in uh, Springfield, I had a, a couple of podcast fans come and recognize me and ask if they could get a picture with Wayne, or Will, or whoever <laughs> I was. <laughs> That's right. Which one are you again? <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. And she, the one girl said, oh, my friends can be so jealous because I found out you were here. I think she thought I was Elvis. <laughs> I think she probably did. Uh, I had, uh, I get the voice recognitions. This is my third one woman sitting next to me for a while and all of a sudden she goes wait a second your voice sounds familiar you ain't Kavanaugh from the podcast and I said no I'm Will Alexander and uh, so I signed the autograph Will yeah, best wishes best, best wishes well, I put best fishes actually oh, okay because you know Newfoundland but um best fishes Will so it all worked out anyway all right buddy I have we have a, a social event today yeah yeah I don't I don't do well with those Will I'm not, I don't do well with those. I'm sure you'll be fine. You tend to pull off any occasion. I can get up for the moment and give the talk, but then I need a nap. Oh, I, I told everybody when I grew up, I want to be Wayne Kavanaugh. <laughs> it was really fun to do that. I really, enjoy, and I just love being up there and doing it too. It was so much fun. Um, hats off to the CKC and the CDJ and Patrick Mudge, especially for putting, and Tracy. For putting together this incredible program i wish we could have something like it right here in the us of a we have enough dog shows we could just put them all together and exactly an annual conference well orlando's coming up it is it's gonna be fun i signed up for all the seminars even though i'm not sure i can go to any of them because i'm judging 
And I'm just hoping there's a hole in the judging program where I can sneak up and go to one. Oh, good. I want to go to them that badly where I signed up for them and paid, even though maybe I can't make them. Um, are you going down well? Uh, undecided yet. I've got to decide. So I would go down just, just to take the seminar where it's comparing uh, Lakelands to Welsh. That alone for me. Oh, who's would, doing that one? And even though I probably won't do Terriers for another 20 years, I don't know, but it's got to be great, right? Yeah. Who would want to see that? Um, yeah, I love going to seminars, even if it's a breed I'm never going to judge. I just want to know. You never know. You might More do best. Show. Yeah, you might do best in show one day, and something walks in your ring. And you want to know what the hell you're talking about. Um, how to go over it, whatever else. All right, I've said enough. Peace be with you, brother. All right, everybody out there, stay safe. And Wayne and I will see you down the road. Party on, good. No way. Way. Better be paying attention, Doc. Thanks for the <laughs> Don't Ernie confuse it in the blooper reel. That's right. We love you, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in, Ernie. <laughs> Quit taking yourself so damn seriously. Wayne! I'm falling <laughs> Some extraordinary data things that are being done around the world. Thanks, 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 Ernie. We didn't mention hockey. Isn't that unbelievable? Put that in, Doc. Yeah, they want to see it in This is good. We're going to be here in a second, Wayner. Don't lose it, Doc. Hot. Hot. Use that one, Doc. Don't use that one, Doc.